Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. This morning or last night even, um, a friend of ours and who many people in the church know and respect put on her wall that she was decided to leave Instagram. Uh, she's a really, you know, she's a very mature Christian. She speaks at conferences. But she said, I find something stirring in me that's not good because I find myself looking at everybody else's pictures and it just stirs something. She says, I'm fine with Facebook and Twitter, but I'm going to come off Instagram because I spend my whole time just looking at what everybody else is doing. And she said, I'm going to stop that because I don't want that stirring in me. And that, I thought, linked quite nicely, really, to what we're looking at today as we carry on our series on love. Love is active. It does something. Yeah? It's not just a feeling. Okay? It's more than an emotion. (laughs) It is an action word. It is active. Love does something. So we need to know what love does so that we can be loving. It does something or it doesn't do something. So today we're going to read our passage. You want you to read it with me? And, oh, Jake, you've given me a timer. That's no good. No, I know how long over I'm going. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. If you haven't got your Bibles with you, if you've got a phone, download it. But keep your eyes off the phone and put them on the throne. That was good, that. I like that poem. I'll make that one. But um, we're going to read it together. It's good to write notes. It's good to read what you've done, because then you can go away this week and read it again, and read it again, and read it again, and then it'll sink deep. So 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8, say this with me. Ready? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Stop there, okay? That's what love is. Yeah, are we getting that? So today we're looking at something that love is not. Love is not jealous. Love doesn't envy, and it is not proud. It does not boast. Love does not get jealous. Jealousy, the green-eyed monster, that's what it's described as, isn't it? When does it crop up most? When do you feel jealousy stirring? I would say it's usually within a relationship setting, or usually to do with somebody's possessions, or maybe it's to do with children. Children get jealous, so maybe it's an immature thing. Maybe jealousy is just something to do with a gift or a skill that somebody else has, the ability to do something. And then pride, what is pride? Well, some versions say the word haughty. In fact, actually, if you read Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, that famous saying where we get pride comes before a fall, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall, you know? Pride is always proceeding by boasting. What's boasting? Boasting is like that warm-up opera singer. I've made this joke before, okay? Warm-up opera singer. Me, 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 okay? Um, yeah, thanks for that, okay? That's boasting, but pride, proud. 
Well, I struggle with this a little bit because I'm, I'm proud of my children sometimes. Um, I'm proud of people who are growing in God. I'm proud, you know, when I see someone like Chris growing strong for God, some of the things he shares at house group. Some of you guys are really proud to see where God is taking you. I'm proud. Is that wrong? No, because love is not proud of others necessarily. Love is just not proud of itself. Yeah, it's when we start taking pride in just ourselves, where me becomes the big thing. That's why it's for, that's why it's followed. It follows boasting. Pride in ourselves is the problem. Love is humility, not pride. Love is putting others first, not pride. Pride says, I'm looking down on you because I'm better. Pride says, I'm better than you. I, uh, my earliest memory features both pride and jealousy. I can remember being at nursery school, amazingly enough, and uh, a long time ago, <laughs> I know some of you are thinking, oof. Dear me, that's last century. Um, I was at nursery school, and uh, I can remember climbing the climbing frame at nursery school, and I got to the top of the climbing frame, and there was a fr- I thought he was my friend, was below me. And I was like, no, 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 I'm king of the castle. Da-da, I'm up here, you're not. And so I was proud. And pride comes before destruction. Because as I was saying, no, 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 I'm up here, don't ask me why I didn't realize, but he was peeling my fingers off the bit I was holding and I fell to the floor and broke my arm. (gasps) So he was jealous, because I was at the top. But the jealousy stirred up in him was because of my pride at teasing him. So love is not jealous, and love does not boast, and love is not proud. You know, one story springs to mind in the Bible as I think about that. So we're gonna, if you've got your Bibles, if you haven't, they'll be on the screen. Uh, Genesis chapter 37, the story of Joseph. Joseph and his amazing technical dream coat, as Andrew Lloyd Webber said. Um, but the Bible is a bit different. But Genesis 37, verses 3 to 11 say this. Now Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Okay? Joseph, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. It doesn't say it was multicolored. Okay? Just ornate. Special. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. I'll stop there a minute. Love doesn't have favorites. You know, God doesn't favor you over you. You know, God doesn't say, you know, Jeff, I love you for what you're doing on a Thursday in the new year. I love that. But actually, I don't love Naomi as much because, you know, she's shy and quiet. God doesn't say that. God says, I love you and I love you end of. Love does not have favorites. You know, jealousy in a relationship with friends and families stirs up hate. We see this already in this story. Jealousy stirs up hatred. The brothers hated their brother because he was treated above all. He was raised and he was proud. Hate is a strong word, isn't it? Peter Docker often reminds me of that. There's a famous song, hate is a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like you, okay? That's, That's not an attitude to have, okay? But hate is a strong word. Jealousy stirs the wrong feelings in our hearts. So that lady I talked about at the beginning, she's had something stirring in her heart, and she's recognized it and dealt with it. That's what we need to do. When we feel those feelings of jealousy or those feelings stirring in us that that are leading to dislike, that are leading to hatred, shall I say, we need to deal with them swiftly because love is not jealous. 
and love is not proud. In fact, jealousy leads to the very opposite of love. Verse 5 that goes on to say this. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Second mention of hurt, hate in two verses. First of all, they hate him because he's treated differently and he's loved more. And then he shares his dream with them, and they hate him even more. They hate him even more. Is that not pride that Joseph's exhibiting, maybe? Proud that he's got this coat, maybe sharing the fact that his dream said this. Verse 6, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. He's summoning an audience. Listen to me. Listen to my dream. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he'd said. Third mention of hate. Hated him all the more. This is quite serious, isn't it? But what does it stem from? Jealousy. Stems from jealousy and pride. Hatred. Hands up if we want to hate people. Nope. So we need to stop being jealous. We need to stop being proud. Then he had another dream. <laughs> he hasn't learned, has he? He hasn't learned. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said. Again, listen to me. Listen to my dream. I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him. That means told off for anyone who's younger than uh, 30. Okay, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? So his dad told him off. But here's the last verse, verse 11. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. His dad pondered it. His dad thought about what his son was saying. He was hated for having a dream, for sharing a dream. You know, I had a recurring dream when I was younger. It wasn't a nice dream. I can remember being trapped in, in my junior school. That was bad enough. But it was at night. I was the only one in there. And I was chased around the junior school by Frankenstein's monster. I don't even know where that dream came from. But I had it several times. And it used to scare me silly. But I've had other dreams, maybe. But who do I share them with? Who do I share them with? I don't think if I told my brother about my recurring dream, I don't think him and my sister would have hated me because of it. I don't think they'd have said, Johnny, that's terrible. What does it mean? They'd have just gone, Johnny, you're a bit crazy and nuts. Stop it. But here, God is clearly at work in Joseph. We know this because we know the end of the story. Because actually these dreams of Joseph did come true. They were prophetic, not pathetic. They were prophetic. We know there was God in the middle of them. But Joseph in his immaturity and Joseph in his pride maybe decided to share it with everybody. Maybe Joseph just needed to process them. Maybe he just needed to work out who he should share them with. He was three times hated all the more. Do we want to be hated? No. Be careful who we share our dreams with. Be careful who we share our dreams with. But more importantly, give them to God. Don't allow your jealousy of others to stir up hatred. Dad rebuked him. The brothers hated him all the more, but Dad rebuked him. You know, it's always a shocker, isn't it, when the favorite gets a telling off? Yeah? 
Joel posted something uh, to the family group chat this week where it said, dads when their daughter does something wrong, and it was a picture of a dad going, oh, there, there, never mind, gorgeous. And then it was dad when sons do something wrong, and I think it was some Russian bad guy from a Bond film saying, now I have you under trial, da-da-da-da. You know, that's just not true. But that's his perception of things, obviously. It's his perception of things. <laughs> it's always a shocker when the favourite gets told off. Dad loved Joseph. Dad loved Joseph. We know that. Dad treated Joseph and lifted him high, and his favourite gets a telling off. You know, as we read this story, there's not a great example of what love is. Love isn't having favourites. Love certainly isn't from the brothers being jealous. And love from Joseph's perspective isn't being proud and boasting in those things. We don't really know what Joseph's attitude was, but he was very young. Maybe he was a little big-headed, but we know in the end that God got him where he needed to be because he never stopped speaking out and he never stopped focusing his eyes on the throne. He didn't have a phone, so I can't say that. He fixed his eyes on the throne. God loves him and he loved his brothers too. You know, when we share our God-given dreams with people, we need to know that there will be opposition. If God has given you a dream, don't be scared to share it, just be careful. But when you do share it, recognize there will be opposition because we are living in a world that opposes what God is and God is love. A lot of hatred in our world, isn't there? You only have to look on the television most, most hours to see the hatred to see the dislike. But God says love is not jealous. Love is not proud because it leads to hate. It leads to hate. You know, God loves you just as much as he loves your neighbor. Turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you. Okay. okay. Brilliant. Now, you know, now say it as if you actually believe it. Okay. <laughs> Turn to the person on the other side and said, and you know, God loves you just the same. Yeah? Okay. Because... God, <laughs> there's definitely a few more conversations going on. It's not, not an opportunity to just have a chat, you know, okay? God is fair. God is just. God is love. And, you know, God loves Courtney just as much as he loves Paul. You know, God loves me just as much as he loves Roz. God loves you just as much as the person sat next to you, even if the person sat next to you doesn't love God. God loves you. That is what this tells us, that God doesn't have favorites. You know, Joe's brother was were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. You know, Jacob doesn't hate, does he, in this story? Israel doesn't hate. He loves Joseph, but he needs to love the others too. He needs to love equally. Not necessarily treat equally, but love equally. You know, true love can't harbor hate. Jacob doesn't hate Joseph. We, even when Joseph shares this dream, Jacob doesn't hate him. He just rebukes him, but he keeps the matter in mind. Why? Because Jacob loves Joseph, and love cannot harbor hate, cannot harbor hate. It reminded me of a passage in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, the verses will be on the screen, verses 17 to 19 say this. When they had seen him, this is the shepherds visiting Jesus. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They spread the word of God. They spread God's dream for the baby Jesus. They shared the truth. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary remembered the prophecy of Jesus. 
Israel or Jacob remembered the prophecy of Joseph and he would know when it came to pass, wow, he was right. God was in this. Parents, don't dash your children's dreams. Listen to them. Process them and keep them in your heart too. But most importantly, bring them to God. Because God's dreams are better than ours. Mary kept it in mind. You know, Jacob, even though he felt Joseph had overstepped the mark, must have recognized the God movement in Joseph. Must have recognized the prophetic in Joseph. He must have realized there was something there. He kept them in mind. You know, he was able to keep them in mind because he wasn't acting in jealousy. (laughs) Jealousy doesn't give us a clear head, does it? Jealousy stirs up all sorts of thoughts. Israel kept a clear head and was able to keep the process in mind. But somebody might say to you, reading this verse, love is not jealous and love is not pride. They might say, oh, there's contradictions in the Bible. Maybe go to Jeff's course on a Thursday night because that'll help you. There's contradictions because in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, the uh, part of the Ten Commandments, it says this, God is a jealous God. <gasps> but love is not jealous. How do, we, how do we look at that? God is a jealous God. Well, you know, regularly throughout the Old Testament particularly, God is described as being a jealous God. But the Hebrew word that's used is very similar to zealous, which means full of, you know, passion for. Let me explain how I see that there are two types of jealousy, okay? One that the love is passage is talking about, which is stirs up hatred and dislike, and one that is important. Here's a New Testament example of jealousy. On the next Sabbath, Acts chapter 13. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. What did they do? They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. That's the jealousy that's hatred. When we start abusing, when we start criticizing, when we start being mean, when we start hating. It's rooted in dislike. Why did they get jealous? Because they saw the crowds of people. They wanted those crowds of people. They wanted to be, to be listened to. But what were people listening to? The truth about Jesus. You know, there is a jealousy that is linked to love and faithfulness that isn't linked to hatred burning up on the inside. Let me explain. God's jealous nature, I think, is a little bit more like a marriage. Okay? Ros and myself, we've been married for 23 years. I know, she deserves a medal. Probably so do I. Um, but anyway, but we love each other very much. She's giving me the eyes now, so I better not go down that route. But let's say, for example, Ros goes and talks to a, a gentleman at the end of the service just to say hi. If I suddenly had stirrings in my heart of what is she doing talking to Jeff Chad or what is she doing talking to Steve Pryor, oh, oh, that's the wrong sort of jealousy because that's irrational. I trust my wife and my wife trusts me and we love one another very much. But let's put this on a different route. Maybe, I'm not gonna, I'll say person X and person Y. I don't want to start spreading rumors because that's all they would be. Let's say, for example, Ros had a chat with male person X at the end of church and then they started messaging each other or, or meeting up for a coffee because this person really needed help and, and actually Ros felt she was the only person who could help them and so Ros kept meeting up and, and, and it became quite intense. Then actually, I would want to jealously protect my marriage 
by talking to Rosam, we talk to each other and saying, look, let's do this together. Or I'll do that, I'll take that on. That would be the right sort of jealousy, wouldn't it? I would be jealously protecting the vows that I made at the front of Springmount Abbey Road many years ago. I would be jealously protecting that relationship. I wouldn't be jealous of Ros. I would be jealously protective. Does that make sense? I would be wanting and desiring faithfulness for both of us. Yeah? That's how God is jealous. He is jealous for me. We sing it sometimes. He is desperate for you to be faithful to him. He is desperately protective of the relationship he wants you to have with him. Is that an okay type of jealousy, do you think? Yeah. Maybe if we root it in the word zealous, it becomes even easier to understand. Yeah? He is zealous for me. He zealously protects our relationship. Yeah? Because love is not jealous. Love doesn't stir to hate. And love is not proud. God is jealous for your time. Is he right to be jealous for your time? Yes, because he's given everything for you. He's jealous for your possessions because he wants you to use them in the right way. He's jealous for your purpose and he jealously wants to protect your heart. God knows what is best for us and so we'll be protective of our attitude towards these things. You know. Interestingly, as I was reading through my notes this morning, a text came through from Mark Lawton in Manchester. Some of you know Mark. And it was this verse... Because I'd written down in my notes, just as he texted me, God knows what is best for us, and so we'll be protective of our attitude to these things. Psalm 32 verse 8 says this, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. How appropriate was that at that time? Because that's God's jealousy. (laughs) He wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. And he will guide you along the best pathway for your life. If you believe that this morning and accept it, then you will fly. Not like Barry to Berlin. But you will fly into his arms and you will fly. Doesn't mean you won't have opposition. But he is jealous for us in the right way. You know, as I think about pride, I thought about Barry Woodward. Those of you who heard Barry Woodward speak, he often says this phrase, part your pride outside. Yeah? We've had a verse as a church, we bring it up regularly, that if we humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways, he will come and heal our land. Humbling ourselves is the opposite of pride, saying, God, I can't, but you can. God, not me, but them. Pride is about being puffed up. In fact, as I thought about pride, I thought about peacocks. Those of you who know me, I cannot stand peacocks. I cannot stand peacocks. Well, there's a saying, isn't there? Is it proud as a there's proud as proud as punch, but there's proud as a peacock or or whatever, isn't there? Yeah, I'm right, aren't I? This isn't a spitting feathers thing, is it, Paul? A private joke. Sorry, shouldn't do that. Why are peacocks described as proud? Well, they show off the tails, don't they? You know, they get those big fancy feathers out, stand in front of my door, going like this, twerking around. All these nice colours, lovely, they look beautiful. They're, but do you know what? They are the noisiest, most annoying birds on the planet. Ah! ah! It's a horrible noise. You know, horrible noise. And they are dirty. You think dogs are bad. Peacocks are horrendous. Why? Because they're proud. <laughs> 
They're proud of those tail feathers that they shake around because they're trying to... Why are they doing it? They're not doing it to say, look at God's creation, saying, I want a mate. That's what they're doing. They're proud of what they've got and they shake it. And it stirs up real feelings of hatred. God forgive me for that. (laughs) They are really annoying. They strut their stuff around. But just like Joe in his coat, they annoyed his brothers. The peacocks annoyed me. You know, Joseph, we see in the end of his story, is compassionate. At the end of Joseph's story, we see he is compassionate, he is loving, he is kind. And we see he is filled with love for his brothers. And what do we see as a result of what love is? We see restoration. We see a family reconnected. We see a family restored. We see people who it's not about jealousy and hate anymore. It's not about pride anymore. Even though Joseph has risen to be Pharaoh's number two, he's humble enough to say, but God didn't mean this for bad. What you intended for bad, God intended for good. How humble is that? Yeah? He could have gone right in the prison cells with you. You mistreated me. Look where I am now. Ha, 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 ha. But no. He wasn't jealous. He wasn't proud. And once we can get rid of our pride and our jealousy, love can come in. It also says in the middle of those two, love does not boast. Another contradiction. I will not boast in anything but Jesus Christ. That's a good boast because it's not about me. Pride and jealousy and boasting when it's about me lead to hatred and discord. But when we are proud of the fact that I can call myself a Christian because he died for me, that's not about me. It's about what he's done. When I can boast in his death because he died so I could be set free, that's not about me. It's about what he's done. You know, we boast in Christ because it's not about self. It's about a savior. It's not about what I can do, but it's about what he has already done. So this morning, as I finish, part your pride outside. Humble yourself. And if you start to feel stirrings towards people that aren't good, deal with them. Don't allow jealousy to breed hatred. Because God said we need to love not just our friends, not just our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to love everyone, even our enemies, even those that it's really hard. Why? Because he did. Because love isn't jealous. Love isn't proud. Love doesn't boast. And love never fails. Jesus died but rose again. Love never fails. Jesus says to you, doesn't matter what your mistakes are in the past, come to me now and I'll forgive you. Love never fails. Do you know what love is? It's Jesus. Simple as that. Let's pray.